0: Welcome. I'm the Parliament Raven. sit down, grab yourself a glass of tea. My name's Jason Rodriguez and I'm the Parliament Raven and today is the beginning of a very special Uh, series called Voices of the Parliament and my very first guest and very special guest is Joe Zaragoza. Uh, Joe Zaragoza, just a little bit about him, been around since the podcasting scene since 2016. Uh, He currently is working with uh, two uh, major podcasts, the Open Wallet podcast uh, with his wife Katie, the Commentarians with plenty of guests focusing on the movie culture uh, and of course, he's now on TikTok at uh, Drinking to Bible Study. Uh, so, Joe, welcome to the Parliament. It's my—you're my first guest, the first voice of the Parliament to to speak out. Um, and of course, me as the Parliament Raven in the Parliament—we're just looking to unravel Christianity, showing that it's much easier to follow Christ than what plenty of us has been taught. And sometimes
1: how it's been presented to us. Sure, Uh, I will say that uh, the rules uh, are very easy. They're very clear, it's not so complicated. The doing of them, that's the uh, difficulty. Uh, Because, and I kind of say this all the time, uh, Christianity is very hard. Uh, And the reason I say that, it's not because like I said, what Jesus wants us to do is difficult. It's we are human beings. And as human beings, we kind of fight against what what uh, what God wants us to do. We have this sin nature in us that uh, drives us away from what God would have us do. And uh, that's when it gets difficult. You know, the actual what you're supposed to do, it's very easy. Love your neighbor, you know, even love your enemies, uh, pray, you know, have faith in God. That stuff's, you know, it's easy to say. It's very difficult to do, though. Uh,
0: so we were talking uh, before before we met, and we, we you were talking about that you came to Christianity um, in your in later in life, in your twenties, rather than than a lot of people I know who can't who were raised or um, were taught very young. And how did that impact or affect? Because you were talking about things being very hard, and I'm as, I'm thinking that this might have been part of the the things that you start to started to find hard?
1: Yeah, uh, because uh, growing up I was uh, you know I, I was raised Catholic, uh, but I was very much a Sunday Catholic. you know the I knew that the Catholic Church had its traditions and I loved those traditions and it had the commandments of God. but uh, as young people tend to do, they always say, well, you know just be a good person. Just, you know, it's not really, oh, you know, drunkenness and drugs. And, you know, that's just what old, what people back in the day, they made up. You know, it's okay to do that stuff because just as long as you're a good person. Um, so I really didn't take it that seriously. I thought I was because I was going to church every Sunday. Uh, but then uh, in my 20s, I kind of... Uh, I went a little nutty with the drugs and the alcohol, and, you know, I think in country music they call it running around with ladies. Uh, but uh, I, I, I got, I, since I grew up like kind of a nerd, kind of a dork, I didn't have many friends. Uh, once I fell into the dating scene, the party scene in Hollywood, I grew was raised in L.A., uh, I got everything I wanted. You know, I went to parties, I went to bars and clubs, I had friends, girls liked me, girls wanted to go out with me. And so I was just everything I ever wanted, what I thought being cool was, I finally got. And then I, but I was just never really happy. I was always chasing something, something that would give me fulfillment, that would give me joy. And I was just miserable all the time. And I got to say, like a lot of people who do find Jesus or come to Christ later in life, who live this life, they kind of lose everything, right? They get strung out on drugs, they become alcoholics, and, you know, they lose everything, and then Jesus is there to lift them back up. That wasn't me. I was actually having a lot of fun. I was enjoying myself. (laughs) But I just was never happy. I was never fulfilled, and so the only thing I, never, I realized, the only thing I never tried was actually following my faith, was actually being a Christian, uh, which I had stopped being a Catholic in my like late teens, early twenties. And I have found you know, Christianity I started going to a Christian church and reading the Bible and stuff, but I never really followed it. I believed it all, but I never followed it. And then in my mid to late twenties, I started realizing none of this is giving me joy. None of this is making me happy. I'm always like a miserable person at the end of the day. so let me just try really following my faith and uh that's when it really hit me that uh there's you know there was a god shaped hole <laughs> inside of me that uh couldn't be filled with uh you know fun or joy or relationships or you know drugs and stuff so that's uh you know the difficulty there there is that difficulty of you know, leaving a life that you know, that gave you comfort before, that was very difficult. Uh, I lost a lot of friends, not because they didn't accept me, but because I felt that I couldn't be around them and be, you know, and not do that stuff. But uh, yeah, so, but once I found Christ, uh, it, it all came into focus. You know, and uh, so that that's where at uh, where I find the uh, that easiness and difficulty where when I started realizing the differences there
0: right. So we both know that that stepping in from from what I mean, you said Sunday Catholicism that's just maybe going on every Sunday every maybe Sunday once in a while. Right, some people call them cafeteria Catholics. They go yes. during the holidays because you know there's there's a meal afterwards. Christmas, uh, the high holy times of Easter, um, and, and you get a lot of those people, and they're like, "Well, I, I do go to church," um, but you were you were living in the culture of of rock and roll, of uh, good whiskey, and and, and what what. People think is great times and you're saying it's unfulfilling so would that be something you would define as a uh, as a misconception like these things seem to be like it was it felt great at the time but man it was just hollow and empty like because we were talking about misconceptions right that that christians have and i think that's a good place to start right the the before you before joe stepped into into his walk what the misconceptions you had. So what, what were some of those things prior that you're just like, ah, I believe this, but I'm not gonna walk it.
1: Yeah, um, the misconceptions were that, well, it's stuff that I didn't know. Um, like the spiritual fulfillment of it all. I thought you had to do things to make yourself happy. Like finding friendship, that the stuff that's tangible in front of you, because you live in the world, all you know is what's in the world, you know. You do you, you know. You do a thing, and you know there, there's actions and reactions to everything, and you know those things. But God is invisible. He's not, you know. He's there, but you don't see him all the time. You don't feel him all the time. So it does become very difficult to put your trust in something that you've never actually seen, you know, with your eyes or felt physically, and so it becomes that much harder for you to trust in something that you've never really experienced. You know, I mean, I believed it because I was raised in it, you know, and of course, the more, the older you get, the more you're in it, the more you realize there is actually a lot more evidence for a God. And But uh, it is very difficult for you to just give everything up that you know and live a completely different life and think oh this is going to fix my problems this is going to which mind you it doesn't it doesn't fix your problems wait it doesn't fix my problems like my life's not going to be easier exactly yeah that's that's kind of the hard sell of christianity is that uh you you don't the world is still the world and you are still you you know you still have all your weaknesses all your short you know short-sightednesses is that a word? Short sightedness. But what God does give you is a direction to live your life. You know, a purpose, a a a, a way to live that uh, that a way to live that makes your life mean something. And the people in the church, I know that that's like uh, hard for a lot of people to accept that because uh, there are a lot of everybody has stories of being treated badly by christians especially christians but there are a lot of good people in christianity that uh, that everybody also has the the negative experiences like you know are the ones that you pay attention to but there're tons of people in christianity who do love and who do you know help you and you can see god through the work through them and i think that that's uh, that's, that's a really really big uh, part of it also is the family that you gain that you gain when you become a Christian.
0: I, I I like the parliament out there to know that when me and Joe first met, we did not get along at
1: all. Mm,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> there was a lot of uh, PM private discussion, like figuring things out because we stood though we stand a lot on a, a lot, uh, we stand on the same issues a lot on the same side. There's some issues. That me and Joe are just like adamantly on opposite side of the spectrum, looking over a chasm of of just different types of points of view and knowledge that we both have, and we've landed each on a different side. So I I, I wanted to bring that up because people are gonna be like, oh, these guys are the two, they have a great relationship, and <laughs> it, it it took time, and it yeah. took you know, and it just just like in any relationship or any family relationship you meet your cousins for the first time we're just like hey cousins what's up and you and the first it's like yeah we're family and then it's like you know and then the everything drop. the masks drop and like <laughs> you're, you're playing baseball one hits you with the ball and you're just like and there's a huge argument yeah relationships are complicated
1: yeah your your mom said something horrible to my dad and so we can't right be and, we can't be yeah. cousins anymore <laughs> yeah what And I got to say that that, that's a big part of the difficulty of being a Christian is uh, I get very passionate and uh, like right now, like I'm feeling a lot of resentment towards the church in general, the big C church, because I was raised to believing that the church is one thing and being told this is how you should act. And then as time went on, especially in recent and not to get into uh, too much into this, but Uh, those same people started accepting or justifying much worse behavior than I had when it comes to, you know, somebody else doing them. People in politics, people in, uh, in pop culture doing things that are much worse and saying, no, but it's okay when they do it. And here's why. And I felt a lot of, I feel still a lot of resentment because of a lot of that. And... I understand, Uh, I've read, you know, of course in the Bible, there's been plenty of people who say, who told God, why don't you just destroy them all? Destroy that (laughs) that city, destroy- Joe, you're taking this pretty far. You'll let it be destroyed, fire from heaven. And then God's like, you don't know what you're talking about. There's a lot of good people in that city. There's a lot of good people who have never, you know, bent the knee to Baal and you want to kill them all. Because you've had a lot of bad experiences. Yes, it seems bad now, but it will get better. And there's still a lot of really good people there. And so the anger, the the resentment that I feel is a very human reaction. And I know that it isn't the right reaction to have,, uh, which is why, you know, at the beginning, we didn't get along because i I let my I let that kind of, you know, drive me in certain times that, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to be better about.
0: No, I get it, man. Uh, even for myself, I've, I've gone through early, like before my twenties, I, I went through the whole crisis of church. Uh, they're, I guess they're calling it deconstruction now, right? Where oh, yeah, know, I true. had to really like look at what I believed, um, versus what I was taught by people. And I, I, I think, I think the deeper you go in faith, and I'm not going to say everybody, but it, people who are very cerebral, I would say, people who who want to put a lot of thought into it. Not saying that that people don't put a lot, but continually, like think about it all the time, will reach a point where they, do I really believe this? Do I not really believe this? And then uh, I, because I, you got all these other factors, right? You talk about the church, and you talk about how they treat you. Um, you know, and definitely, uh, you're, you're definitely not one of the, the typical, uh, what, how people view typical evangelical Christians wearing your suit every Sunday. You, you want 2.3 kids and a dog and a boat, uh, type of guy. You're more of, uh, let's, let's talk about the word, uh, pour a glass of whiskey. Let's see if we really can, can dig in here. And get comfortable and talk about the hard stuff, type of guy, which is just not the normal caricature. So I can get that there was a lot of misconceptions, probably even about you. I, and I keep going back to that word because that's how, how we uh, define our talk about, um, and those misconceptions. Uh, let's see, from both sides, right? You, you oh sure. You changed to um, becoming a Christian, and I'm assuming. Well, let's start with the non-believers. What did the non-believers start to misconstrue about you? I, I mean, I know you cut some off due to the fact that you probably didn't want to drink and party all the time. And if you're around that, you're going to be drinking and party all the time. How about the ones who stayed who weren't with that. What, what did they? How did they start misconstruing
1: Joe? Well, uh, they really didn't because they were. They knew, you know, uh, how. Uh, they knew that I was happier. And that was the funny thing. I had literally a friend say, I don't believe in any of this, what you're doing. I don't get it. But you're obviously much happier. And if that's what makes you happy, then, you know, then that's great. You know, I'm totally on board with it. And yeah, the, the fact that I said that I can't be around that really made a lot of people upset because they just thought, well, just don't do it, you know? cut back. It's not that big of a deal. And of course, I think that a lot of people, the, the biggest argument that a lot of people have that they think is a good argument, but isn't, is, well, the Old Testament also says, don't plant your, you know, if you plant your, you know, your seeds next to each other, then they're, then you should be put to death. Or if you mix fabrics, you should be put to death. And <laughs> people who don't understand the Bible... Don't understand what that means and to be honest in the church i don't think that a lot of people are t- teaching why that stuff doesn't apply anymore i think that the church is very bad about teaching why certain laws don't apply today and they well, just
0: where we really don't teach about that we're in a new covenant and what that actually means exactly I mean, that means we'd have to
1: talk about some difficult stuff exactly and so there's a lot of weird and strange rules in the Bible. Like that's why they say, you know the the eating pork thing. You know, oh, the reason why is because it was no refrigeration and there was no way of, you know, and, and the reality is, well, that doesn't make sense because you could eat you could eat poultry and beef. And I, as somebody who who works in uh, in you know in food, that stuff will kill you just as easily. Even, Absolutely. Especially poultry can make cool. you much sicker. you know, much, quicker. much faster. Yeah. yeah. And then pork will, but there's no laws against that. So it has to be something else. It, it can't just be refrigeration. That's not the reason why these rules exist, uh, why those laws were written in the Bible. And so, yeah, we don't do a good job of explaining we live in a new covenant, and that's why those things don't apply. But some of those rules still do apply because they were written before the the laws of Moses. You know, don't kill. Sexual sin, that that's still a rule that applies. Because those were there long before, you know, the, the Jewish laws were written. You know, yeah. worship God, don't worship other gods. Those Those still apply. But there's a lot of ritualistic rules that don't apply because once Christ arrived— You know those ritualistic rules pointed to a messiah, and now that the messiah arrived, they don't apply anymore. And we don't teach that any. We don't teach that in the Bible. We just yeah, yeah. Well, I go with yet. Yeah, (laughs) right. Pastors and elders kind of just accept that people will understand that, and they don't, especially young people who live in the world who meet people like these people aren't bad with these. They're not. You know, there's nothing wrong with them, and and that's something Christians should kind of understand. Non-Christians have a lot of really good arguments against Christianity. Just because we disagree with them, don't make them good arguments. They're very good arguments, but that doesn't mean that they're right. And we need to be able to, number one, discuss why these why these laws were no longer apply, but also understand that you know, just because somebody isn't a Christian, they're not terrible people. They're not horrible monsters, and they're not against you. They're not trying to destroy the church. They're not trying to attack us. They're just trying to live their lives like the rest of us. And there, there's always going to be hostile people in the world. But um, well, and, hurt people uh, hurt people, right? Yeah, so. and <laughs> I know I've been talking for a while, but going back, no, to, go with, that's you're, why you're, you're here, right? <laughs> Going back to the original question of the misconceptions is, one time when I was still when I became a Christian, I was at a party, and some like I said I have to go home. I got to go to church in the morning, and an atheist guy, like oh geez, I can't believe that you that's such a fairy tale and blah blah blah, and he just started going off, and everybody like all my friends that were around started like rolling their eyes like oh, God, we don't want to talk about this. It's like, come on. Like, nobody cares. Like, who cares? And this guy was just this obnoxious, you know, the obnoxious atheist guys. And I wasn't preaching. I wasn't being the annoying Christian guy. I was just there. But this guy had to tell me how wrong I was. And so that's the picture that Christians see of non-believers just trying to attack Christians. But the reality is everyone else at that party who really doesn't care and who is more annoyed with the atheist guy than with the Christian guy who isn't being annoying. You know, that's, that's most people, most right. people don't care. I've been to plenty of bars when I order my burger and I bow my head and I pray and nobody cares that I'm praying over my, my beer and burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So, I completely agree with you. Like, we do live in a, a world that's very... It's far more flexible. Well, at least we live in a part of the world that's far more flexible to oh, what yes. we, we believe, right? Um, so you you leave the 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 old friends behind. Some of them still stick around. And Joe walks in in his um, punk rock shirt, uh, <laughs> his hair slicked back, full beard, kind of looking gruffy, and you walk into a church, and what are the misconceptions from the other side?
1: Um, I think that at uh, my church, they already knew me, so they were fine. Uh, they, you know, That's the thing, is that when you know somebody from the beginning, then you know who's the person that they are inside, and so the exterior doesn't bother you. When you meet somebody for the first time, those initial moments are what you judge their whole life by, you know? <laughs> Can't is,
0: redo a first impression. So, exactly. So, so let's then then instead of of that day, how about the first time you walk into this place?
1: Right. Oh well. Again, it's they've known me for a while. So let let's say the first time I went to Bible camp.
0: Oh, okay. I, let's go there.
1: Because these are people I've never met before. Some I have, but some people I haven't. Uh, I you know people were nice, but uh, when it came to you know. Something that uh, people love, love doing at Bible Camp, especially for older folks where people in their 20s and 30s, is uh, matchmaking. A lot of matchmaking. And so they want to know who the singles are, who are the single men, who are the single women, and stuff. And uh, I, I like would put the singles at a table. Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> or for the formal dinner, you know. You know, let's have a formal and let's pair them up. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, I never really got a lot of interest from the ladies. Uh, because I didn't look like a Christian, I didn't talk like other Christians. I was very, you know, I was still myself. I just wasn't doing all the stuff that I used to. But you
0: didn't do any of the Colgate Christian antics of the late '90s, man.
1: Yeah, I didn't know you the link. Listen to Jesus Freak and where What Would Jesus Do? Bracelet. <laughs> exactly, I <didn't>. Joe. <laughs> I know. Like I didn't know. Like a lot of the terminology. I, you know, it's really hard to understand them and to know them it's it's just this whole culture it's this whole world that i just wasn't a part of and so
0: yeah so, are we still are we even still part of that? are we a part of that i mean look i'm unraveling things and bringing like, like i did a whole episode on why we're better than jedis i don't think you're gonna really hear that in the church <laughs> do you right. um, so i mean it, it, let's think about it like where are we headed uh, I mean, and and we're we are becoming a a more normal group of believers um, in America, uh, and uh, I like I always point that out because uh, just I'll just be honest, like I talked to Pana- Ka- Pakistani Christians, completely different culture, Chinese Christians, completely North Korea, completely like how things are viewed, done. And what is believed is completely different. I mean, China's, China's a persecuted church, and they're praying for us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> While we're praying for them and sending people, they're like, oh, no, you guys, you guys need the prayer. And this is right. China. And they're dying over there. And we're just like, yeah, let's go get them. Let's get on our boat. Oh, Super Bowl Sunday, right after church. All right, guys, what team are you going for? We'll talk about that in the lobby. Right. Like versus right. like these people who who want to hear. And I pick China because you get stories like they want you to go over there and they just want you to preach the word for eight hours. Right. Yeah. And, we're, we're, and we're just like oh, 45 minutes.
2: 45 <sighs> minutes.
0: That's a lot, man. You're <laughs> on a Sunday. I I got a lot to do on a Sunday. I got got a roast to do. Got to throw some stuff on the grills. My boys are coming over. (laughs) It's it's my day off.
1: (laughs) When's your message done? Yeah, yeah. um, That's that's. I think uh, Tim Keller wrote an article a long time ago about a pastor, very conservative, very politically conservative, at a very politically conservative church, and he was invited to speak at a church in Ireland, a very (laughs) evangelical, and they were very, you know, aligned you know, theologically, a lot. So it wasn't like a completely different church. They went there and they, he found that their church was very much more socialist minded, very much more politically socialist. And he was shocked because that you can't be a Christian and a socialist, it's just not possible. And as he spoke to people and as he got to know them, he's like, oh, nothing about what they believe Goes against what the Bible says. I don't agree with it politically, but you can be a Christian and a socialist, and it still works. It's just that, you know, we just have a difference in opinion politically, not theologically. And I feel that here in America, because we have such a history with the Soviet Union and with, you know, Cuba and China and, you know, Vietnam, we have, especially Christians, are raised with such a negative feeling towards communism and socialism, and mind you, communism, not good, not great, I'm not defending it at all. <laughs> no, but, it kills Christians. Yes, exactly. But, <laughs> There's a lot
0: of dead, communism kills a lot of Christians, right? Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> exactly. And so we have that, I think, and I think that's the difference between Christians who were raised in the church and a Christian who wasn't, is that you've been raised with this idea that you know, communism is evil and therefore socialism is evil because it's the same thing. And number one, it's not. But number two, you know, it's possible to be to believe in socialist ideals and still be a Christian. It's not an antithetical thing. You can disagree with it politically, and that's fine, but uh it's not a completely, you know, they they don't butt butt up against if if That's why it's, you know, like you were saying, people in other countries view, you know, view the Bible much differently than we do because we have a culture difference, not a theological difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I was young, we used to talk in in high school church, we used to talk about worldviews and the 1040 window. And these people um, Mm have like this different worldview. and. Yeah, we do have a different worldview, but I I think we also have different understandings of things, right? So like you talk about socialist views, for me I would talk about uh, tzedakah or you know righteousness in the Old Testament in that view of charity, right? What's charity look? Because righteousness was always connected with charity in right. the word, um, and we don't talk much about that in the in the in the church either. That righteousness and 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 charity y- usually go hand in hand, right? Helping the the widow, uh, the orphan, um, you know, the displaced person, right? Uh, and and here in America, you have to you, there's there's a tentative like balance, right? Like because we also want to support the laws and our leadership, and so where's the balance? And we haven't done a real good job of making it. Either we're on We've fallen into the argument of dichotomy in our nation, right? Either you're for this or against this. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, right? Our belief is a little. Needs to be a little more complicated. It is why the 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 old Jewish teachers argued about the interpretation of the word all the time, because they needed to find a practical application as the future progressed for. Yeah from the culture where it was originally instituted to now, right? And in Jesus' time it like it gotten it gotten like this, right? We had the Pharisees, we had the Sadducees, we had the scribes, we had the zealots, right? Yeah. And all of them had their own interpretation of, well, this is how it's gonna look. Right. Yeah. And they and they would fight and they would sometimes they would brawl openly in the streets and other times they would just, you know, sling mud, like our politics. And I mean, that's why Jesus came and he was so radically different right he wasn't looking to argue he said like this is the way it is and and if you look it all goes back to the first two commandments love god as you love yourself love people uh, love god with all your heart mind and soul love people as you would love yourself and that right there even even that even it just meditating on well that means i have to love myself yeah right and in america what's the hardest thing for people to do yeah it's just, right. Uh, I'm mean, I just like, <laughs> you know, I, people find it hard to take a compliment. I, you know, it took me years to be able to, I had to first learn to just say thank you. First, I would just ignore it. Then I'd sure. be like, no, nah, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Then I moved to, well, okay, thank you. Sure, and, sure. Then, <laughs> and then it was like, it was like uh, you know, going through sobriety, except it was learning to take a compliment. And yeah, because we're in a society here where, you know, and and you, it, this goes back to where you talk about your your camp experience. You weren't the image, you weren't the passer with the frosted tips, <laughs> playing guitar. I mean, you were playing guitar, but not what they wanted, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing some, some I don't know. You uh, you listen to so much variety of music, I wouldn't even know where to begin. But you were playing some sort of punk rock. And yeah. they were just like, "What are you playing? That's not uh, the new uh, worship song, buddy. That's not, and that's not DC Talk, and that's not the Newsboys. What are you playing over there, Joe?" <laughs> I'm what just like, you're just, and you're just like, "Hey, man, I'm just loving Jesus over here with my music." Yeah. But it's, I think that's kind of still progressed into today, and I know that that the whole political stuff which we're not going to go much over. I, we were just frosting over everybody. Yeah. The parliament, we're going to frost. Maybe, maybe in the future, me and Joe might talk about politics, but that's going to get heated and involves a lot of other mm-hmm. things and maybe two or three more people. Um, but the misconception of, like, we've gotten so entrenched in this political nonsense that we forgot that we're
1: supposed to be more. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it's not that one side is right or the other one is wrong. It's that we've melded both, you know, in our country, that you have to be this politically in order to be a Christian. And if you're not, then you're not a Christian at all. You can't be a Christian and this. And, and of course, you know, a lot of people, I, um, My very first podcast was called Drinking at Bible Study. Uh, And it was when me and a friend, she was a progressive Christian. So she, uh, she was, she left the church and found a love for God, but much more progressive, like, you know, as the Rob Bell type, there's no such thing as hell. There's no such thing as Satan. You know, sin is just a word. It's, uh, Mm. you know, it's, yeah. I mean,
0: look, that, when there's, I get to the Judgment Three. That's when that will be a thing. And I could have plenty sure. of great discussions with that. But okay, so continue. Sorry.
1: Ooh, no, no, so, but, but, and so, and uh, but I was the evangelical. And so the podcast was we would, com- we would have read, uh, two chapters in the Bible, and then on the podcast we would discuss our different points of view on reading that. And the thing of it is, is that a lot of people, especially in Christianity, said I don't want to call myself a Christian, because of how people will view me because they're gonna think I'm I'm the bad kind of Christian. And so we gotta change our name or we gotta change. We're not gonna call ourselves evangelical anymore and because we don't wanna be associated with that. And I thought this word has been around for hundreds of years. You know, Christianity has been around for thousands of years, you know, since yeah. since Jesus.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean. Kind yeah. of. I mean, a little history lesson because that's you know my my yes, bag. But like, it was originally the way. The way you a you're follower right. of the way, and then the Romans started insulting them by calling them Christians. Right. Let's. You're oh hey little Christ. Yeah. Little- you're gonna go die just <laughs> like he did. Uh, and and they're like oh oh yeah we'll take that. It's yeah. like. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I don't like using a lot of expletives, and I'm going to be talking about that on another show, but it's like the word bitch, let's just be honest, it sure. was originally like a super huge negative terminology for women, and then women embraced it. And yeah. they're like, yeah, okay, I am. Thanks, Alanis <laughs> Morissette. Uh, but it, it, the idea of being evangelical, I, because I, you, what you said is something I like I, when you remember I told my my deconstruction, my walking away from the church for a bit, I didn't want to be called Christian. Even when I got back, I because when uh, I jumped into with the the gothic crowd, and their their uh, yeah. oh, their comments was always like, "You believe what? You're nothing like them." Yeah. "We like you." <laughs> right, which is I took it as a high compliment. Like, look, it, like I have a problem with them too. And you don't see me like them. They're like, man, you're like, you don't judge us. You just around us. You love on us. I'm just like, isn't wait, isn't that what Jesus did? I'm like, I'm confused here. Yeah. Like what? And even now, it's like, when did it become, you know? And I'm gonna ask you that. When when did it become about rules, Joe? Like rather than than love and overcoming the. Because sin means to miss the mark. I you know, I love talking about it. it's it's a. Sure. It's an archery term, right? It means to yeah. let release the arrow and completely miss the target, right? To drift or derive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we do it all the time, right? Yeah. When, when like some of our communication sometimes, and you know, and that's why I go, well, let me uh, i'll I'll post on on one of your Facebook things, and, and then you'll respond, and I go, and then I'll PM you be going, look, let me get some clarity here because this is going to blow up on your page. Right. And we're not going to – it's going to go off bounds. And I, and if I don't go directly to you, I'm going to misconstrue. And I wasn't always like that. I, When I started on Facebook, dude, I had posts of like 100, 200. Like I wanted to rile up, mix the pot yeah. um, like, to hell with relationship. But the, even then, Jesus didn't really do that. He kind of threw it out there, and everybody else mixed the pot. Like – Yeah, it makes the pot, but because what he was saying was so revolutionary.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? So where do we go then from now, right? Because you were talking about, uh, and let's go back, because if I don't, we'll bunny trail into oblivion, you and I. Sure. Uh, Where do we go now with, because you were, she was the progressive. You were the Mm -hmm. evangelical. And, of course, that ended. Sure. Um, uh, and by the way, folks, please go, go listen. They're, they're great. If you want to hear two different perspectives,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's, they're still on, on, uh, Apple. Uh, I don't know if they're on, on Spotify, Joe, are they on Spotify? I don't think so. Okay. So they, they're still on Apple. I have them saved, uh, under mine. And, and when I want, I, I get a hair and I, I need some ideas, I go listen to, to Joe's past. Uh, cause he's just been doing it a lot longer than me, folks. I'm just, and I'll just be honest. And I continue to always tip my hat to him, even though he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, so where do you go from there? Right. You, uh, do you define yourself as an evangelical now or you don't you, or uh, do you define yourself as a Christian or something more? Um, for me, I, you know, uh, I'm called an unchurched right? I, I don't really have a home yet. I haven't been able sure. to find one in a while. I'm very different. I'm very well educated. So when I sit in the pews, I listen and my mind's like, well, you miss this and this and this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I love corporate worship, right? So what does Joe do now? Where does, how does Joe fit in, in the de- definition now? Um, it, as we progress, because I, I mean, you are like this fiery guy of like, man, like we need to like, fixed how people are, are are aligning and viewing, we need to not be on sides, right? Because that is definitely a message you're giving. And, and you haven't touched it on TikTok yet. I mean, you did t- touch it about uh, whether or not we should own weapons. And that's another discussion I would love to yeah. have with you. But uh, let's, where?
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm still a Christian. I'm still an evangelical. I still call myself those things because I don't care what people think when they use those terms. I'm going to be, I'm going to comment this, that label, those terms have existed long before uh, this, these squirmishes that have been coming up in the last 10, 15 years, you know, 20 years maybe, but they've existed for much longer and I'm not going to let this short time period, you know, destroy those terms. So I'm still going to call myself a Christian and an evangelical. Um, What I would recommend Christians do is get to know people outside of your church, outside of Christianity, you know, because when you humanize somebody, you get to understand them more. And it really makes your faith sharper because now you have to think about how to apply this Outside of your church, because it's easy to think, you know, that uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, boy, I don't. I'm trying to think of a topic that isn't <laughs> going to say. Just uh, use
0: what's a, Just, just use what's in your your bag, man. Don't worry about it. All right. And well, and if we have to unravel stuff, we'll unravel it. That's all and right. that's why we're here. Uh boy,
1: abortion. <laughs> I'm sorry, but let's. And again, we're not going to debate it or discuss it we are pro life as christians but if you get to know people who believe in choice then you have to now wrestle with why it is so important to to a lot of women why because it's easy to think oh well i just want to have sex with whoever i want and then and not deal with the consequences and not have to you know uh, live you know not not have not have it affect my life if i get pregnant but if you actually talk to women and discuss and find out, not argue, not debate, but just listen and see why it is so important, because obviously it's important to them. If you just see after the Roe, v. Roe v. Wade was overturned, the, the anger and the fire, the passion that a lot of women had after that happened, you have to at least ask, why is it that important to them? Why is it so, why are they so passionate about this? Is it just because they want to have sex without consequences? It can't be. There has to be more to it.
2: Uh,
0: and and, but it also, we both know, it also depends on who you talk to, right? Who your exactly. audience, yeah. because man, there's a plethora and both sides, even even once it fell, both sides were still pretty darn charged, right? Both, exactly. Right. And, and there's, and, and folks, there's lady, ladies on both sides of this argument. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and I and and this goes far as far back as the women's right to vote. There was women for those of you who don't know, it <laughs> wasn't a united front by women. There right. were women that are like, We don't need to vote. Exactly. Why why should we vote? Just like today there's women that are like, We shouldn't have we don't need to
1: have a job. Why should we have a job? Right. And even the debate about whether women should teach in church. A lot of women don't think women should teach in church. A lot of women do. It, just because you're you know it might just because it affects you personally, uh, as it affects women, doesn't mean that all women are for or against it. And so then what I'm saying is that the reason we need to talk to people outside of our circles is because it will it will let us understand the argument. It'll sharpen our our talking points. <laughs> the reason why we are pro life, if it's because, you know, it's it's, you know, and let, let's just make this general. If we if we believe if we're making up the argument for the other side, then we can easily dismantle it because we're making up the argument. You know, we're saying they believe this, and therefore this is why that's wrong. But if you actually hear their point of view, if you li- if you see their what their life is like, and how it affects people personally, then it becomes much more difficult to just brush away the argument. You have to actually deal with the human reality of how, you know, I don't know, all of these topics, gun control or abortion or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, you actually have to acknowledge how it affects a person in real life as opposed to an idea of a person, right? right. If, it, if if you know, I, it's you just- can't uh,
0: speak, You can't speak to somebody's worry if you don't really know what their worry. worried if you just assume, right? Exactly. Uh, it's not them over there. It's- It's, it's somebody that I know. Somebody you know, you'll know their name personally, right? It's James or it's Jenny. It's you know somebody you know. There's a name now to the face. It's not us against them, Um, and pretty much that's what we see. We've seen in in. I mean, it it happens in churches too, right? Uh, Between denominations.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Right. We're the Baptists. (laughs) We're the Evangelicals. We're the Charismatics. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting over here, and I go uh, uh, all of the above. Right, <laughs> and I just circle I am all these things to all these people. I mean, I you know, uh, we, the 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 complexity and diversity of humanity is one of God's greatest gifts to us. yeah, and we we can say that, right? Um, I, so i I use the word human humanization, and um just to unravel that for our our listeners. It's the whole idea of instead of being a nameless face or an entity, it's making somebody real. And and we we kind of talked already about that, but I just wanted to bring that back up in case we're using a word that you're not used to hearing, right? right. Because we don't we're not trying to to make this confusing, uh, and definitely we don't want to use Christianese uh, or um, education or scholarese, um, so we lose people. We want everybody to be involved in the in the discussion and in the thoughts that me and Joe are talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're defining yourself, yeah, you did the uh, drinking why uh, Bible study podcast and and then you got married. and, yeah. and your that season, and folks we use season as in you know parts of life. Uh, that (laughs) season of your life ended and you started a new one, right? Um, open you got married, uh, you found the love of your life. Uh, you opened up a bottle of whiskey with her. uh, (laughs) And and it was a very nice bottle folks. Let me tell you, he posted it. He was teasing us all. He's like, yeah, I'm going to have some of this. And I'm just like, you should share that Joe. Um, but then you started the open wallet podcast um, and the commentarians, right? And what were you looking, and and the reason why uh, I bring these up is because we talk about misconceptions, but people think that Christians are only going to talk about, uh, stuff that's relevant in the circle Mm -hmm. of church, right? And so, if, if you listen to, to the parliament, um, Raven, uh, we, it's the idea of that, Everything that we have to bring and and what we believe, Joe, is applicable, right? We sure. see it if if me and you were to go out and we were just to start looking at all the coaching stuff out there and seeing the wisdom you're you're using, we could probably find it all in Proverbs, and some of it in Lamentations. Yeah, and it's just a yeah. re a rehashing, new wording, if you will, rebranding of this wisdom, right? So open wallet podcast commentarians kind of unraveled that because I know that's unraveling some of that misconception, right? Some of that, yeah. like, well, we're not Christians aren't
1: supposed to be in these two realms. Sure. Yeah. Because the reason I started the commentarians is because I'm a huge fan of movies. I love film and a lot of Christians, especially in the last, like, you know, a lot of this has been happening in the last 20 years where Christians are starting to make movies now that are premiering in major theaters across the country.
0: One today, right? On um, Abraham, oh,
1: yeah.
0: Abraham and Isaac. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the thing of it is, is that for a long time, they were not great. They were <laughs> lousy, lousy movies. Uh, the acting, the dialogue, the dialogue. The, the plot. is was the same plot over and over again. Right, the plot. <laughs> Terrible. And, but a lot of Christians went, and they said how great they were. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, like, I, and I wanted Christians to be, to make good movies. Not a, fan, not a fan of Peerflix then. Yes, not a fan. <laughs> and the re- difference is this. Here's what I, what I realized. The guy who made uh, Courageous, I don't know, it's like a couple of brothers who made the, these particular movies, Courageous, War Room, I forget what their names are, but they were interviewed and they were asked, what made you go into film? And the one of the guys said, "I went to a lecture, and I heard the person talking say how how movies are so uh, how they can move people, how film can be used to to change people's minds, and how it can be used to you know manipulate or you know expand somebody's thoughts." And he said, oh, well, then I'm going to do that for a movie. I'm going to do that for Jesus. I'm going to start making movies because I can, you, I can put Jesus in it, you know, make movies about Christianity, and I could do that, you know, through film. The problem with that is, is that he didn't love movies. He didn't want to become a filmmaker because he loved film. He wanted to, be, he wanted to get a message out, and he wanted to do that through film. And therefore he wasn't interested in the art of filmmaking, he was just interested in the message. And a good example of how that can actually be successful is uh, Christian punk and Christian heavy metal in the 90s. In the 90s, when I was a young punk rocker, there were some really great Christian ska bands and Christian punk bands. Oh, yeah, Supertones. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people who were not into who were not Christian actually liked those bands because they were so good. The reason they were good is because the the musicians, the the band members loved punk. They loved punk music. They listened to Bad Religion. They listened to you know uh, Rancid and No and stuff. And they said I'm a Christian and I wanna make that kind of music because I love that music. And I'll just sing about Christianity because I love it so much, right? I these two things put together. And the problem with, Christian and so they made really good punk music about Christianity because they loved punk and they just sang about Christianity. The problem in Christian film is we have people who want to spread the word of God, but they don't really like movies. They don't understand the art of filmmaking. They just decide, ah, we're just going to write a script that makes Christians the good guys. And, and you know, we'll lead with the message. As opposed to making a good movie with that has Jesus in it. Right?
0: Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, I get it. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, Dallas Jenkins, the the guy who did The Chosen, oh. that man loves, loves telling a story through film. Yes, and it shows in the amount of care and accuracy he tries to put in in what he's making, right? We need more you're saying is we need more Dallas Jenkins types, people who love making the film right and writing and telling the story. not right. just not just a story to tell a message, not uh, and and folks, if if you haven't watched a Christian movie, it usually goes like this: Something really bad happens. <laughs> Someone dies. Or I lose a limb. And then I have to return somewhere. And once I return to that place, well, I'm going to go through a crisis of life. Not just faith, because I don't got no faith. And then (laughs) someone with faith comes along. And they take me under their wing and mentor me. And at the end, they die, too. And that pushes me so far over the edge that I'm just going to accept Jesus because they loved Jesus. And live happily Ever after, right? And, and and it's just a myriad of that. Um, yeah. And up until recently, right, where we have Dallas Jenkins really trying to make the story of Jesus come alive to a generation that doesn't has never even heard of Jonah, right? Who's Jonah? Um, and so much so that it looks like they're going to be doing a whole biblical universe. I I, I kind of cringe at the thought. <laughs> uh but <laughs> like we'll see the <laughs> uh, yeah they they no man they hired it like some major movie exec to lead the way uh i, I told you i'm cringy worried uh yeah. commentarians in the future is going to be intense um <laughs> so uh, continuing on um open wallet what does that look like and and why and why bring that forth with with you and your wife
1: well, it, Open Wallet started out because my wife was so stressed out about home buying. We we had just uh, bought a house, and so we were going through the process of you know a finan- of finance uh, <clears> of <throat> escrow and you know finding a financer and uh, getting loans from the bank and doing all the all the stuff necessary to buy a house. And her mind was just swirling, and she's she's uh uh, uh she's an accountant, and so she loves numbers. She loves spreadsheets. And so she just had to get her mind, you know, just had to make spreadsheets or do something. And But there was no spreadsheets to make yet because it's a very slow process. So I told her, why don't we do a podcast about finance? Because you love finance. And she used to actually teach finance at her church, you know? She used to actually teach people how to make a budget and how to, you know, do, do, uh, uh, you know, do do finance stuff. I don't know. I'm she's not, not gonna. She's not gonna
0: make me cut up all my credit cards like Gordon Ramsay, is she, dude?
1: No, actually.
2: That's that'd
0: be that'd be good. Well, bro, a... because you man, that guy, he's the intense. Five thousand yeah. in my bank account. Cut up all your credit cards. Get yeah, off the grid. Um, get yeah. off the money grid. Very,
1: very, <laughs> but yeah, and so. We just So I told her, why don't you, why don't we do a podcast together about finance, about personal finance, and that way you can at least focus your mind on money, on finance, which you love, and actually have something to do, you know, to keep your mind off of, you know, all of the tons of things that we have to do that you can't tackle yet, you know, and she thought it was a great idea and so I was the layman, the one who doesn't know anything about finance, as you could no doubt tell the fact that I, can, yeah, I can't I <laughs> can come up with other anything other than, you know, the word finance. <laughs> I'm
0: there with you, man. Yeah. I, I, escrow is a big word for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just heard that word once and now I'm, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's I feel in super, my brain. Yeah. And so... I was basically the layman and she was the, you know, not expert, but yeah, I would say the expert for this, you know, and she would, we call it uh, exploring personal finance because we don't want to be financial coaches. We don't want to be financial gurus. Uh, We just want, she just wanted to explain how we do things so that people can have a guide, you know, to understanding their own finance and figuring out how to do things themselves. Whereas a lot of, and because we were doing this podcast, I started doing my own research on YouTube, going through all these financial experts on YouTube and videos and Gordon Ramsey, not Gordon Ramsey, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey,
0: sorry, Gordon Ramsey is my favorite chef.
1: Dave Ramsey, you're right. Dave Ramsey, uh, about what they have to say and all of them we're basically here's how you become rich here's how you become the richest person you have to do these things you have to follow these steps and i thought i don't want to be rich i just want to be comfortable <laughs> you know it it seems like one too, man's
0: comfortable t- is another man's rich my friend
1: right too much you know it seems like so much work to become rich and if that's what you want to do then great but if you just want to i just want to be be able to pay my bills and come home at the end of the work week and have a have a beer that's all I want you know in a burger right a good yeah. burger and I don't want to worry and stress about finances that's what I, that's the kind of life that I want to live and so we decided that's the podcast that we're going to do not how to become rich not how to you know get angry and, you know, ah, you're an idiot for for being in debt and you shouldn't be going to restaurants if you're in debt and you shouldn't be doing this and that tough love kind of thing. No, it's, hey, we've all screwed up. We've all messed up. And, you know, here's how to start getting the ball rolling to becoming better. Uh, A thing that my wife said, uh, it's a saying, and I don't even think it's applied to anybody, but uh, the saying is, the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today, you know? Because, yeah, because I always, I was always upset that I didn't go back to school, right? And I'm always, and you know, and I think it was, uh, I was 32 or 35, I don't remember, but I'm like, oh, I should have gone, I should have stayed in school. I shouldn't have dropped out. And if I would if I would have gone back to school when I was 25 or 28, then I would be done by now. And now here I am, 40, thinking, ugh, I should have gone to school when I was 35. I should have gone back to school when I was 32. I should have done that back then, but now it's too late. And I'm just thinking, well, if I would have done it when I said it was too late, I would have been done by now. And so, <laughs> Are know. you going
0: back to school, Joe? Is this what you're announcing to me?
1: I'm thinking about it. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm, it. I'm full support. I've had plenty of, of students, uh, even at your age, young yeah. man,
1: um,
0: who do stupendous, right? Sure. We both know Emily Dixon. She was learning way later in life herself. Right. And you see where she is now. A published author of a podcast. Uh, you know, ready. she's going to. And if people, if you don't know, she's going to be burning up uh, the Parliament uh, in a few episodes, too. Yeah. But, dude, it's never too I'm going to support you and say it's never too late. Right, exactly. Learning is an oh, and you're already a good student, Joe. Think about <laughs> it. You, stu- you studied for the Open Wallet. You studied for uh, the, the Bible, your Bible podcast. And yeah. you studied for, man, you study more about finance than I'm ever going to study because numbers <laughs> is not my strong suit. Uh, to do a podcast with your wife, right? So, like, sure. go for it, man. And, you know, I, listeners, same goes for you. It's never too late to start
1: something, right?
0: Well, exactly. that tree, say that tree thing again. I, I, I want to uh-huh. hear it.
1: The best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Perfect. That's because, cool. and that's the thing, is that everybody's like, I'm in $20,000 in debt. I'm never going to get out of it. Or I'm 40 years old and I haven't started a retirement fund. What am I going to do? It's too late for that. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to get enough money to start a retirement fund. But honestly, in five years, you're going to wish you had done it today. You know, because you still have a long life to live. You know, you still got plenty of years to do it. And whenever you get to a point that you realize, oh, I should have done it then it might be too late, you know? But guess what? Even then it's not too late. <laughs> so you, ha- the best time to do it is right now. Get started right now. And again, the disagreement that I have with like uh, Dave Ramsey and people on YouTube is you shouldn't have fun. You shouldn't be doing anything. You should just be putting money in debt. And I would say, you know what? Part of life is enjoying it. You know, if you reach a goal, treat yourself. Don't waste all your money on vacation. Don't waste all your money on going out all the time. But you know what? Treat yourself every once in a while. Give yourself some light at the end of a tunnel to, you know, to enjoy yourself.
2: Have a little bit of a budget.
1: Yeah, have a little bit of a budget to enjoy life because that's what, you know, if you're like, you know, if you're a tough person and you just want to know, just buckle down and do it, then that's great too. But, you know, don't let anybody make you feel guilty because you splurged a little bit here and there. You know, it's it's it's, you know, it's good for you. Right. No,
0: I completely agree. And, you know, we as as that's that whole Christianity thing, right, where we have uh, there's a big group of like, uh, what is it? Uh, What's the word? Aesthetics? Well, I don't know. The scenes. The people who followed John the Baptist, where they were just oh, like, we're yeah. gonna fast all the time, and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna wear the the worst clothes, and we're gonna eat locusts and honey, and we're gonna hang out by the river. Yes, kind of, sort of, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, Jesus was a a person of joy, and he yeah. had lived, and he wants us to live a life of shalom. Shalom, shalom, as they say in the in one of the new Chosen episodes, which means perfect peace or wholeness, right? Yeah. And if we are getting no joy, which is one of the things we reflect from our Creator, then, then we're miserable. Then why be a Christian? Yeah. Why follow a God who's supposed to be love, which has joy, if there is none of that in it? That means there's no love, yeah.
1: right? My, yeah, my favorite book in the Bible is Ecclesiastes, and I know that it's a bit of a downer for a lot of people because the first half is telling you life is meaningless and worthless and <laughs> not worthless. But the second half is like, here's how you live your life with joy. That's the thing, you have to get through the first half to get to the second half. It's like, here's how you live a, sec- a, a good life, a happy life. And it gives you practical advice, you know? Diversify your portfolio, You know, <laughs> diversify your investments. Don't break the law because, you know, even if you don't like the government, don't break the law because jail and fines really suck, you know? Okay. Don't if you're if you're a boss at your work, don't eavesdrops on what your employees are saying about you because you're not going to like it. You know, just <laughs> live just live a happy life as much as you can. And it and it literally says if your faith is is not making you happy, then you're doing it wrong. You know,
0: the Ecclesiastes brought to you by by Joe
1: Zaragoza <laughs> is coming right. to, to Audible near you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, and, yeah, I love that part of the Bible when John is, like, fasting and he's wearing all those itchy clothes and he sees Jesus, like, feasting and drinking wine and he's like, am I doing it wrong? And they he sent, you know, messages to talk to him. And he's like, should we be doing what you're doing? He's like, no, do what you want. Do, do Christian, follow, follow the law the way that it makes you happy. You know, as long as you're following the law, that's all you have to do is just... Love God and love your neighbors and don't sin. You know, try not to sin. That's but if you're if you're happy eating locusts and you know and they, honey, they were dipping locusts in honey. I mean, come on, that's. I mean, it, it's it, crunchy. It, yeah, they they even allowed themselves some treats. You know. I, well, I, I hope.
0: I don't yeah. look at me like uh, maybe one day I'll do. I'll look into biblical foods. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's probably uh, it's probably a deep dive into into some sort of. Culinary
1: madness, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and Jesus was quite happy, you know, eating at people's homes and drinking wine. And if that's what makes you happy, then do it that way. It's yeah.
0: I mean, so much so they thought he was a drunkard, uh, and that's oh, a whole yeah. another. That's a whole TikTok episode. Oh boy, yeah. Maybe we'll we'll do, <laughs> duel up on that one. Um, all right, so let's. I'm gonna I I as I start this event as we, we look into the primary, I came up with two questions, hopefully, um, uh, to end all all these discussions in. Uh, so my, here's my first question. What was one thing about faith you would like or think you could clear up for people, right? Because we we like to unravel things here. What's one thing you think that you've unraveled that you would like to share and help people, you know, unravel that in their lives?
1: One thing about faith, oh boy. Um, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, uh <laughs> well, cause, uh, I want to say two things. So I'm going to pick one of them. Right, I'm going to say two things. Go, go with two. Well, I, my question is flexible. Both of them, uh, we already discussed, but, uh, one of them is, uh, we should probably learn more about, uh, the old Testament laws because they're very important. And why some of them don't apply today. I mean, I think that that needs to be taught in churches because that's a big one that points to Christ and, you know, and make, and clears up why the Old Testament is so weird. You know, it's if you don't teach that, then a lot of young, especially young people, are going to be very confused and easily swayed away from God because it doesn't make any sense why we shouldn't mix fabrics. And why we don't, why we're allowed to eat pork today? You know, it's it almost sounds like we're picking and choosing what we want to do, and when okay. we're not, you know. Okay. And it just makes us smarter, you know, to to know why things uh, are the way that they
0: absolutely. are. Absolutely, we should definitely read the word, and if you don't understand it, find somebody who spent their life studying it to help you. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> a podcast nowadays, or yeah, uh, I I don't know so much about TikTok or.
2: You
1: yeah, I
0: worry about because some of the people out there are really kind of hokey at times.
1: Yeah, um, I, I've only done one and it's uh, it's very weird. It's very strange to to condense everything into very small chunks. Well,
0: and and I will be the future. Uh, there will be future parliament stuff. It's it's in the sure. works, But but we don't I, I can't say everything for everybody, right? And, and, you know, there should be a certain amount of study that goes into if you're going to start teaching. But, I mean, there's some oh, great yeah. things of people who have never studied, there's some revelation that they got that just blew my mind. So, yeah, just discern, I guess.
1: Which is, yeah, which is the other thing I wanted to bring up, is uh, get to know people outside of your circles. People that you disagree with. And not to argue with them, just to learn. Just to get to know them as people, you know?
0: What? Well, and- I have to go hang out with Non-Christians, bro? Yeah.
1: It's, uh, well, it, you know, I know Jesus never did that, so it's very difficult. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and not to, again, not to change your mind, not because you're wrong, but just so that it sharpens your idea of why, of those lo- of those laws that you're following. You know, why, you know. If, if Pro you, tip. You yeah. Pro tip, go have a burger with them. Go right. have a burger with a person. And just get right,
0: because food always always makes conversation much easier. And yeah. You're not, not going to argue while having a hamburger.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, dare I say, make friends with a gay person, you know, <laughs> who isn't a Christian. Just make friends with them. because Or a gay person who is a Christian. Or a gay person who is a Christian. That's it, a whole different discussion, too. Yeah, exactly. And don't argue, don't debate, just get to know them as a person. Because then your faith really then has to apply to a to human life, That's you know? Mm-hmm. You have to actually get to know a person who who voted differently than you, you know? And would you be shouting at, you know, at someone on Twitter if you had to face them face-to-face? And I don't right think now. you would. Which is, why, which is what my problem is. The reason I get so passionate and angry on Facebook is because... <laughs> I'm not in front of them, you know. Like that's what PMs are for. Exactly, Joe. And so, exactly, and so that's, you got
0: to take a breath when when we're, when we're discussing. You have to take a breath and actually think of how you're going to respond, rather than instantaneously. And then you can get clarification from me or exactly. I from you. Uh, yeah, because we come in. The
1: internet creates a whole lot of assumption. Exactly, and so. That's the thing is that just get to know somebody outside of your circle and don't argue, you know, not to argue, but just to, to realize, Oh, this is a person. And if I say some of the horrible things that I say at church or on Facebook, or I have to actually apply that to this person that I'm friends with. Yep. And that is not a really, that's not a good witness to have. That's not a very good, you know, expression of Jesus's love. When you're saying that, you know, it's, and it becomes much more, much easier to empathize with somebody if you know them personally, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. I think, the, I guess the last question you've already, but we can make it official, already answered. How would you like to challenge the parliament? Because I always end up with a small challenge for the week. Um, so I, hey, it was a challenge you just talked about, but make a direct challenge to the parliament. Tennis,
1: me. I challenge you to a game of tennis. <laughs> is
0: that is that how this That's goes? That's not the That's type, the type of challenge I mean. Oh, I mean, sorry. I totally <laughs> would lose. I'll just be honest. Oh, no, no, me just, too. I'm. I uh, just mean, had maybe surgery. maybe, I maybe we should I'm do sorry. racquetball. There's more walls. There you no, go. I, you know, so, like something that changed our life or or relevant. Uh, what challenge, like. Uh, in the last episode of last season, um, Evolve, I challenge people to to practice thankfulness when they wake up each morning. Right, mm, yeah. like, be thankful. You were challenging people to go outside their thing, but what would you challenge? Would you make that challenge this week? Go make, meet someone outside your church circle, or what would you, what would if you were to challenge? If you were you're, well, you are. You're speaking before the mm-hmm. parliament now. What challenge would you lay before them for the week to for them
1: to grow? Uh, well, yeah, I'd say that that challenge is very difficult because even making friends is very hard to do. So uh, maybe make that a goal in life, you know? Uh, what I would challenge somebody, what would I challenge somebody to do today is um, I would say I challenge you to read First and Second Peter. How about that?
0: Oh, okay.
1: Just because it's, they're short chapters, and uh, I just read them, and they... I really enjoyed them, so and that's easy enough, you know. That all for
0: all you non-believing listeners too. There you go. You're gonna yeah. have to. You're gonna yeah. have to crack. Yeah. You know, even if you have to go to a um a secondhand store or into a hotel and grab one. Oh, yeah.
1: uh, okay. on wait. I'm your.
0: thinking phone. they can go on the internet now. Yes. <laughs> i it's, uh, This tells you how old I am. I think of paper before I think of digit digital stuff. Bible Gateway's is a good place to go. Um, and English standard version, of course, is always what 90% yeah. of the time what I use.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: first and second Peter.
1: First and second Peter, short, easy. And, uh, I think it applies. It's, uh, a letter to the persecuted church. And the answer that Peter gives them is, eh, just love one another. You know, I know, I know things are tough. Uh, the advice I give to you is just love one another. Uh, <laughs> that's... <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I and go out. hear
0: it from, from the disciple who was the, the scragglest most ragbunctious of them all. Yeah. yeah. Right? You, you didn't even... You, the guy who's most like you, Joe, I mean, come on, he's, he would be punk rock
1: today. He yeah, Peter was called today, he'd be a punk rocker. Let's just be I, honest. He wouldn't be a fisherman. I, I would like to think that I'm more Simon the Zealot, but I I, I think I'm too lazy to, uh, to overthrow. But, uh,
0: you know what? We're different... Uh, I I consider us. We can relate to different apostles at different times, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, sometimes true. I relate as Peter because he had a mouth. Sometimes I relate as Paul because, man, that man. I guess I'm talking yeah. about a zealot, and yeah. and sometimes I I feel like Matthew. Yeah. Right. Matthew betrayed was the first betrayer, right? We think always think of Judas, but if you know the history of. Jewish tax collectors, he had Mm -hmm. already betrayed the entire nation by becoming a tax collector. And if you watch The Chosen, you kind of get an idea that Dallas Jenkins really kind of gave that
1: backstory to him. Um, But uh, yeah, let me bring that up. Just the fact that Simon the Zealot and Matthew hung out together with Jesus, and they, they were both, they both found Jesus and accepted him. You know, I mean, I know that The Chosen is tackling it. But the Bible really doesn't mention it, doesn't discuss no. it at all. and I was like, a, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, why doesn't the it seems pretty important Why doesn't the Bible talk about it? And she just kind of shrugged her shoulders like, I don't know because maybe it's there's no reason to because they both love Jesus and that the was audience a, the audience would have already known. yeah, that's the difference. So people gotta and
0: that and that's a huge thing in Christianity is knowing that historical context it's the whole reason i actually went back to college was to find out about the historical contents because i'm being taught through the american culture context which had nothing to do with what jesus was talking about yeah right Uh, you know this whole microwave moving from pagers to cell phones uh, and, and you're part of my generation so i mean you knew we went from from imagining what we're doing now was science fiction. Yeah. Right. They used to have to do special effects in order to create what we're doing right now, which yeah. is, and, and folks, if this video doesn't get, get out, um, there is a video because right now I'm talking live to, to Joe face to face. Cause yeah. I, I could, couldn't do no, no face to face. It's just much easier for me to talk to somebody
1: when I can see them. Yeah. Uh, I, I took a picture of a of a of a payphone last year because yep, I saw, saw one me. at a supermarket. I'm like a payphone. I have to take a picture of this. And guess what? I took a picture of it with my phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where were you? Were you uh, the last time I saw a payphone was in the New York Library, public library. You know the oh, one wow. with Ghostbusters. And I don't think it even worked. But it yeah, wasn't. It, it, it was in mint important. condition. It was pristine. Yeah. Because it was in the public library.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this one worked. It was it was at a supermarket. It was uh, by a supermarket in an old neighborhood that I used to live in. So,
0: uh, Folks, and, and what, so I'm going to repeat the challenge in a minute, but one last thing. If you want me to know what a payphone looks like, the movie's Hackers with Angelina Jolie. Oh, it has yes. a lot of payphones in it. And it's yes. a great movie about early technology. <laughs> uh, and though it's a bit dated, it's fantastic. Yeah. It really is entertaining. And it's aged very, very well.
1: Um, yeah, it's uh, it's hacking for people who know nothing about hacking.
0: And, you know. <laughs> if you want an idea, because this still goes on today. Hacking still goes on today, as you well know. Um, this will give you an idea of what the early culture kind of looked like too. So uh, the historian in me goes, yeah, the, the cinephile in me goes, woo. And the guy (laughs) who likes cheesy movies with great actors goes, go watch it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, so a quick plug, uh, I'm, I'm going to be joining Joe in the future for the commentarian's uh, I don't know if he wants me to to give the ghost on what movie we're going to be talking about, but I'm very excited. Yeah, I'll go for it if you want. Uh, we're going to be looking at Keanu Reeves' Constantine and how he plays the role. And, man, I'm just thrilled uh, because it's so relevant. The the, yeah. the context and the stuff is so relevant to what's being produced today. And it was produced more than a decade ago, 20
1: or 20? Yeah. Almost two decades ago, right? Almost two decades, yeah. And, and I'm going to say right now, I'm going to mention it there. Disappointed, he do he wasn't a smoker. He was a uh, smoker. He smoked constantly in the comic book. No, no, he days. was. He was a smoker. No, in in the movie. That's why he had cancer. Oh, uh, bro. wow, yeah, you know, no, you I know. need totally to rewatch. That. Yeah, I totally do because I remember them. That was like a big deal. Like they did. I think maybe for the cover of the. For the poster in the movie.
0: We're we're gonna have to we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to comment on it.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. And
0: maybe I'm wrong, but I remember the whole ending with with the devil. Look, I think there's no spoilers here. This movie's old folks. Yeah, the whole yeah. ending with the devil like was over his his lung cancer.
1: Yes, that's true. I remember so, that now. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> so but I think the disappointment was he wasn't an Irish an Irish or a British guy. That's I think true. I think the the whole casting of Keanu Reeves was the huge dis- overall disappointment with the movie, but right. I'm still looking forward to talking about all this because now he's really he wasn't really famous up until John Wick.
1: Yeah, he was like yeah again he was weird. It was a weird casting choice. It was yeah. Well, yeah. I guess he was coming off uh, Matrix. Right. And so. <laughs>
0: and even then, I'm just like oh, okay. Well, a lot, of, lot to discuss. So, folks, the challenge, again, was to read First and Second Peter's. Uh, mm-hmm. We thank you for listening uh, to, the, to the Parliament. Uh, pour yourself another glass of tea. Enjoy your afternoon. And take care. Bye. Like, subscribe, leave a good comment. Thanks for visiting the Parliament. If you want to know about Gravitas Coaching, please visit gravitas.co. It's also where we host the Parliament. Last but not least, the intro and outro music credits. Intro music by Russ Budgen and outro music by Sardam Aravista.